Cross the Streams Podcast. Cross the Streams Podcast. Kip and Kane. Season 4 is here. New content in all our favorite segments like Listen Up, Hometown Heroes, Useless Full Information, Calling Men In, and many more. The Ion Brothers are back, everybody. Cross the Streams Podcast, Kip and Kane together, emergency pod. We felt we had to do it, and our Dishing on the Drive segment's the perfect setup for that. 30 minutes or less. We're on a shot clock, uh, but the NBA bubble and the exploits of one Damian Lillard were too great a situation. And it's been so long, Kane, since we actually had a podcast where we could talk solely sports and something awesome that happened in sports that maybe drowned out the rest of the world for a brief time. But we had to do it, man. We had to talk about Dame. Yeah, uh, there's no question, man. We we had to first off. I had to get back on the pod. Yeah. In general, it feels like it's it's been a long time, uh, and so it's good to be back. It's good to hear my own voice. Um, <laughs> yes, your podcast voice. Here it is. <laughs> the, the podcast voice, the radio voice, um, instead of the coaching voice. I've been in coaching voice world for the last however many weeks, and so it's it's good to be back. And it's like you said, man, it's good to talk sports. It's good to talk sports outside of, of the realm of, of everything that's been going on and everything that's affected sports and everything else in, in society and in, in this country and around the world. And so it'll be good just to talk sports at its truest nature and at its truest form, truest form as, as you know, as, as close to it as we possibly can anyway. And I think and, both uh, of us, if you've listened to our pod, we've obviously, this is not us trying to use sport. I think it's okay. To escape once in a while, you know, as yeah. conscientious guys that do give a damn about the pandemic, that obviously care about <laughs> social justice, right? I do think it's yes. okay, and it's probably healthy to have a little bit of a, you know what, time out. I'm going to go crazy fan mode for the last four Blazer games and just yes. lose my shit irrationally. I think that's okay. I agree 100%, man, and that that's one thing that I wanted to make sure we get across when we're talking about this is that, hey, we're not by any means trying to... Uh, take away from everything that's going on because as you as alluded to we've talked plenty about that and we talk nothing but that for a majority of the time that we've talked on the phone and over the course of this time that's all the conversation is is everything that's going on that's that's um, affecting this world and this country today and so it's nice to just kind of all right I sat and watched Damian Lillard for the last however many nights in we have to talk about this. Yes. Guy, right. Yes. And, and so I think it's, like you said, it's healthy to let your mind get away from everything else that's going on. Cause I don't know about you, man, but I know it, it wears on me. Well, especially what you've got, you and your sport and your on. profession have been through currently, you know, your guys' season. And we'll get into all that at a different podcast, but yeah, right. you know what? I'm going to sit back and feel good about something and that's okay. We have a capacity as human beings. And I don't think we can be at our best for the causes that do matter the most. If you don't take a little recharge time, you know, no, so that's, that's a great point. That's a really good point, man. Where I know for myself as just as a coach, when you, when you in the middle of coaching and you're in the middle of a season, it's good to just kind of get a break and let your mind just not function for a second. Right. Just let your mind, just someone else entertain me, please. Something else besides my own thoughts entertain me for a little bit <laughs> it's less the lenny from mice and men corollary i tell my guys all the time and they're looking at me like what are you talking about but it's don't choke the puppy you love the puppy it's brand new you love it so much please don't choke it out 
so you know that's where we're gonna go. Let's talk about this dude. And obviously, yeah. I'm biased. Uh, not that I'm not speaking to another fan of Dame, but being in the Salem area and seeing him at the Blazers, the show. You know, Oregon Ducks football is probably one B, but Blazers are the show out here. The man just went three and zero in must win games. 154 points. That's 51.3 points per game. And since he missed those two free throws to lose to the Clippers, he's 41 of 43 from the free throw line. And in the bubble itself, he's 37.6, 9.6, 42 minutes a game, and he nailed 44% of his three-point threes. What? Those are are stupid numbers. I think I texted that last night. Dame is stupid good right now. Yes, that was your exact quote. It's it's disgusting – how it's it's video game like numbers right like if you're playing nba 2k and you're playing on rookie mode where every shot you put up it's going in no matter where you shoot it from and your opponent's looking at like dude are you cheating like this is stupid this is a stupid cheat code yeah that damian lillard is for those three games and it was awesome to see just his response to that uh uh the heckling he got from Pat Bev and, and PG, the way he first off he responded with uh, on Twitter mm-hmm. in his response to PG in particular, and then him going out and backing those words up with just how he played for those three games. I mean, that's ridiculous. I, I would lo- like to see if anyone has put up those type of numbers over a three-game span when you talk about the importance of those games. Oh, right. Not a, not a three-game, just regular season yeah. Span of these games don't really matter. I'm just doing this because this is what I can do. But elimination games, essentially. Basically, like an NCAA. I felt great for him because the bubble, I feel like, is making up for him being at Weber and never making the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So, like, the bubble has been basically like a first round, second round, third round yeah. for him. So, having that's that. A, that's a great point. Right. That's um, a great point. In historical context, he's the first guy to go back to back 50 to 60 like that since Wilt Chamberlain. He's the first uh I think he's now tied with Iverson for the 11 50 point games or more in his career and he's the first guy to end an NBA season with 50 60, 50, 40. 60 40. Yeah. And so he ended also as the first trailblazer ever to ha- average 30 for a season. So he ended at 30.0 exactly based on the 42 30.0. last night. The thing I want I got so many things I want to talk to you about. I was so impressed with him because in two of these games, as as amazing as his offense was, and this is probably the nerd coach in me, right? The biggest play of the Mavs game was him getting out to a shooter and getting illegally screened. And if he mm-hmm. doesn't give a shit defensively, they don't get that call and that, that they lose. And then mm-hmm. last night he missed that floater. Yep. And then just like, you know what? I'm gonna take Levert, who was playing his ass off too. I'm just going to steal it from you here because yeah. we need this and, right now. Dive on the floor and make sure that you got the ball. Right. Put yourself out there and dive on the floor. That, that's that been awesome, man, as far as the bubble is concerned. How many guys have you seen diving all yeah. over the floor? Give a it's, shit through the roof. It's 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 been fun to watch. Yep. It really has. And Now, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, defensively speaking. As a defensive coordinator? <laughs> yes, I don't. I don't, and I'm not going to say that I was a defensive guru. <laughs> and people on here that that know me as a player, they they, um, I know Kip and David used to give me shit all the time back in the day when they were like, "Dude, you don't play any defense." I'm like, oh bullshit! I play defense when I need to play defense. But I call it timely. 
timely. Very timely, exactly. I get timely stops. When I want to shut a guy down, I feel like I can do that. <laughs> um, Spokane three-on-three hoop fest, for example, you witnessed it. When I want to play D, I can play some freaking D. It's just at, t- at the time, I felt like the offensive side of the game was more important to for my team's success. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, but I don't feel like there's really been – that's the only part of the bubble that I'm like, wow, these guys are putting up like 150, 160 points, 130 points like it's nothing. It just felt like there was times where guys are like, eh – we're going to outscore you more than we're going to try and defend you. I think it'll be uh, fascinating to see now on the ball screens, purely on ball, because ball screens are literally destroying NBA defenses in ways yes. you've never seen, to see what they do now when it matters, right? Yes. And you saw a little bit of Brooklyn yesterday. Jock Vaughn, give him a lot of credit. Remember Jock Vaughn when we used to Jock watch Vaughn. him? <laughs> yeah, I was going to text you guys as far as, does everyone else appreciate Jock Vaughn? Yeah, Jock Vaughn's coaching his ass off. That screw, or that Kansas crew, and yeah, uh, Jock Vaughn was a he was a baller, man. I was a big fan of Jock. Vaughn. Nobody we like more who couldn't score at uh, all. Exactly, right? Was terrible in offense. Was a defensive guy. Yeah, um, and was a your prototypical point guard, but was not going to be not going to be Dame Lillard. Let's right. put it that way. You know what he, he did yesterday that was really player. the first time, and you might have saw the Twitter stuff trending when Garrett uh, was it Garrett Templeton is that his name? Uh, he they were like, listen, when they come across, when Dame Lillard yeah. comes across half court, we're going to double, and they did that for the whole second half. Yeah. We're doubling you, and, yeah. and so that was, and he still got forty two. When was the last time you saw that? In an NBA at half court, at half court, literally at half court. Yeah, Listen, we're talking an NBA game. We've got Mello, Gary Trent Jr., CJ McCollum, but you're going no. We have got to get the ball out of this dude's hands. Like he is literally killing us. So and let's if he gets go. Shot off like oh. he did when he crossed half court and shot. I'm going. That that is just that's stupid. And it's not even like it does. It looks effortless for him. It's yes. not a forced like you know. All of us could pull up from there, and it would yeah. look awful. It'd be a shot put hoist. Oh, I'm telling it's you, man, in I, rhythm. I, went, I went to the park yesterday. Did you go try it? The other day, and just from watching Lillard highlights, and I went to the park, and I was like, well, let me see what I can do here. You used to and put in buckets. <laughs> you used to get buckets. I, I used to be able to get points. And I, I'm telling you, that the range that these guys are shooting from, and Lillard is, is uh, right there, him and Steph Curry, obviously, some of these guys that just are out of this world as far as the range. It's not – Easy. They no. make it look so easy. Yes. I thought I, I shot literally four arrows in a row. It just and the ball bounced. It literally bounced and bounced over the fence in the park and the grass and the sprinklers. And that's how I was done. I'm Confirmed. I'm not Dame. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't do it. There's no Dame time for this guy. There's the historical side you were talking about. Where are we putting him now? I know you and I and David Gunn for our frequent contributor to the pod. I have him now for me. And this is not in the – I'm not even talking about – you know, best players. I'm saying my favorite people that I've always been like, I have to watch. So Iverson for me is number one, magic two, LeBron three. I think Dame is four for me. And this isn't just from the bubble. Like last year's playoff run, the, when he beat the Rockets, like Dame has always been, maybe it's because he's a rapper and I love him. Maybe he's cause I know you, he lets you know a little bit about him off the floor and he's like the most authentic. Is he like the best dude? In the league, like I, I don't know, like I, it's, it's, uh, but he's four for me, all time fave to watch, like as a fanboy. That's what I was texting my own staff as a college coach. I was like, you know what? It's embarrassing 
but I'm all I'm gonna embrace it. How much I fanboy out for this dude. Because I'm just running around the house giving my son chest bumps out of nowhere because Dame hit another one. And he's like, Dad, he always makes that shot. I know. That's what's crazy. That's what's fun fun about it is that he always makes that shot. He's good for at least three or four ridiculously stupid shots over the course of a game where he's pulling from off a pick and roll. The big is literally on the top of the freaking three-point line. But he's pulling five, six feet away from that dude, and still, it's not. And you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it's auto confidence in which he shoots that thing is ridiculous. And then there was a in the sixty-one point performance when he kept turning the corner against Porzingis like three times in a row, and just his speed in which he, in the ease in which he yeah. turned the corner. When he puts that foot in the ground and says, "I'm going to the rim," what? It's, it's stupid. Yeah, it's absolutely stupid. He's got great feel around the rim, which is not easy. You know, I mean, yeah. for people out there, like, yeah, you get to the rim. That's one thing we always talk about it as coaches attack the rim. Not everybody has the same level of finishing ability because there's varied finishes he'll use. Um, so, where what's a comp for him? You know, I heard different podcasts today. Is there a historic comp? You know, I heard somebody talk about Kobe mindset. I I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, I heard the Iverson comp on Simmons was talking to Raja Bell. I can see some of that being that size and absolutely not just the points, but just be, I think Dame's probably a better leader than Iverson, you know, yeah. but similar to this five ten guy galvanizes the arena. Like you're watching exactly. the little guy. Exactly. And just the, the fact that I've always um, had a, uh, I want to watch the little guy, right? Like that, that's always been um, a, someone that, I've looked up to because of obviously my stature in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always felt like, hey, if there's a little guy out there that's putting up big points, that's leading teams and, and is doing the deal, that's I'm going to watch that guy as much as I possibly can. And, and I think Iverson and, and Dame fall in that category uh, for sure, just because of their style of play, um, the excitement level that they bring every single game, and that competitive nature that they have. That it's just. Uh, second to none. My, he's crawling up my list. I, uh, obviously, MJ is always number one for me. Right. Uh, right now, LeBron's probably number two. Uh, D Wade's up there for Ooh, me. There's a good one. There's a good D-Wade one. D Wade was always a, a guy that I, I felt like just his style of play was was awesome to watch, especially the 2006 NBA Finals with Shaq. Yep. Uh, that's where I was like, yeah, this guy is. I love this dude. Um, and then from there, it is probably that. The AI, and you start getting into the guards that are just fun to watch. Right. And players in general are fun to watch. And I'll be honest, like, I was never a huge Kobe fan. Uh, and I, I just love, but I, I enjoyed watching him and mm-hmm. enjoyed rooting against him. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I think one of the things that people have been bringing up a lot, and as a Trailblazer fan, you're always, you were always like cynically having the argument, even though in your heart you didn't believe it the Curry versus Lillard stuff. And I think the argument really comes, and this is not a bashing of Steph Curry. Steph Curry's amazing. He's an all-timer, first ballot Hall of Famer, NBA champ. But I really think the Lillard versus Curry debate, there's a secondary debate that will tell you what you really believe. If you think C.J. McCollum is anywhere near Clay Thompson, then then you could make the, the, the Steph Curry argument that he's light, light years ahead of Dame. But yeah. I, I don't have, I, and I have a ton of respect for CJ. His mid range game is crazy. But Clay Thompson is a better, is better, right, than CJ McCollum. So I, I really do think, at the very least, Dame is in the same seat, same row on the bus as Steph. At the very least, 
I think he's he's elevated himself to that point. And that is not saying that I've thought Steph was overrated. I've never said that. But I do think Dame has carried – did you see Zach Collins? He's unplayable. He's <laughs> unplayable. Dame is carrying – CJ's got a broken back. Um, so that's that, that one I think is worth talking. Dame and Steph yep. because yep. the games are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And the shooting – I'd lo- I'd pay to watch them get on the gun yep. and shoot a hundred and just watch. I, them. I would. That would be a great off-season competition. <laughs> like, let's get Steph Curry and Dame Lillard in a gym and let's let's figure out whatever shooting competition, whether it's the deepest shot and, and they're shooting forty footers and, and you're keeping track. They're just going around the horn. I mean, just constantly put them in that competitive situation. Uh, I, I personally would take Dame Lillard, but. That's just probably a preference because I think I like him more um, just in general. I think his game is a little bit more um, – I don't know. I don't know why. Doesn't he look exactly, like a – he's built – like, isn't he, he's thicker now. Doesn't he yeah. look like a safety these days? Like, he's thicker than Steph for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But, again, that has nothing against Steph Curry. Right. I, I still think Steph Curry is great. But I do feel like Dame Lillard has probably been – un. In his shadow a little bit more than he probably should be. Dame short roller. it has to do with, as you alluded to, where, where Steph and, and Clay's run and what the Warriors as a team were able to do. And a lot of it obviously has to be because of Steph Curry. Yeah. But at the same time, I think if you put if you switch out Dame Lillard and Steph Curry, um, I think you're going to get the same result with the Warriors. I don't know if you get the same result with the Blazers. I, I totally agree. And let's I'm a nerd out basketball coach wise. Steph also has the best short roller of all time. And what I mean by that for folks that aren't coaches, when you run ball screen, all of you are used to pick and roll and the big seven footer rolls all the way to the rim. In the NBA, they're not letting Dame come off that without traps at, like Kane said, the logo. The Blazers are hesitant to give Nurkic and Collins and Hassan Whiteside the ball that far away. The Warriors have Draymond Green. You yes. give Draymond the short roll, he's a guard coming exactly. down, making three-on-two decisions. So Dame making this happen when he doesn't really have a short roll player is silly degree of difficulty. It's yes. silly. Yes. Um, yes. What? I mean, I, I just think there's so much about it. I watch him in the free throw huddles. I watch him on the timeout huddles because everyone raves about him as a leader. And I like to see, you know, when have they ever wrote a piece about somebody that's not a leader? But I've watched him. I think it's authentic. I think it's legit. The guy talks to everyone. There's touch points with everyone. There's mm-hmm. conversations with everyone. And you can see different points. Like he's in Nurkic's face, but then he's subtle with Collins or vice versa. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I just think he's the whole package. Like I've said it before. If it came out that Dame Lillard was a piece of shit human, I'd be devastated. <laughs> 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 that's where you got you got to be careful. I know. And again, that's where that is that fanboy stuff. Like you're saying, man, that's that's what uh, that's the beauty of sports, though. Right. You're able to get lost in it, and you're able to um, find those those guys that you really feel like, man, these are just good human beings, and good people. And I think for the most part, like you're saying, I think Dame Lillard has has backed that up both on and off the court. Uh, but I'm sure there's something there's there's some skeletons. There's the somebody that yeah. we don't. Bottom line, we don't need to know about anyway, right? right? Like as fans, we don't need to know about that anyway, right? So the I I think there's two the expectations now, like it's it's hard to live up to that. You have 50 once people turn in, and then you have 60, 
And then <laughs> yeah, you have 42 and, and 13. Then 42. It's ridiculous. Like, you literally, everyone's tuning in going, what's he going to do next? Yeah. And it's it's pretty phenomenal to watch him continuously, especially, like you said, over the course of three elimination games. Not just three bubble games and you're out of it. You have nothing to play for. So I'm just going to go out there and shoot and get points. This guy was doing this in, in situations where his team needed him to do that in order for them to continue to play. And uh, his whole mentality going into the bubble was, hey, I'm, I'm, if we're going to do this, I'm going to do it. And we're going to get in the playoffs. I'm going to make a run at this thing. I'm not just getting into the bubble, putting myself and in, in my family at harm's way and being away from my family unless it's going to be worth it. And he's definitely made it worth it. Oh, and man. I think he's made it worth it for his team and, and them having that chance to play in a game, which I, I would imagine they'll win. He'll put put up another uh, 35-plus in order for him to get in the playoffs. And then uh, then they got to face the Lakers, and we'll see how his physical – Well, like uh, you said, he might be the, completely gassed by then. Uh, he's going to be – He has no backup. Team. They're not playing Anthony Simons anymore. He doesn't play anymore. When he rests, they have to survive Mario Hazonia. The worst player in basketball, bringing the ball up the floor because CJ has a broken back. So they, I mean, they literally don't have any subs for him. It's, uh, I kind of feel robbed as we wrap up. I kind of feel robbed that it wasn't the Suns Blazers. Like, I feel like the Grizzlies. Oh, man. I like John Morant, but I would rather see Booker and Lillard, right? Oh, Booker, Booker's been phenomenal in the bubble, All, all bubble team, you know, uh, I'll tell you who else, you know, we'll go on the sidebar of all bubble team. The guy that's been Luka Doncic. Who, has he, has he, has he won you over? He's won me over, man. How can he not? The dude's been <laughs> like, I, I, I predicted back in the, that draft. I was like, there's, he's going to be a bust. That right. was oh, yeah. I, I would admit to that. And part of it was probably my bias of European players. Yep. Me too. And the hype that comes with European players that, that a lot of times have not necessarily been the case all the time. And then you've got those rare exceptions that have been extremely, you know, the Dirk Nowitzki's of yeah. the world. Uh, some of these guys that have really come in and, and made a, a big time splash in the NBA. Luke is that guy, man. That guy's a, he is really good. They're really, he's they're offensively, watch. you can't stop them either. But that's, no. they're crazy good. They're, he's, and, uh, Booker, you already mentioned, is, he's always, he's in that category as far as best shooter. Like, you, yeah. you need that competition with Steph, Dame, Booker. There's so many guys that you could get in there. Your top five shooters in the league. Booker's got to be in that list as far as your top five shooters and, and really just scores in general. Um, and then from there, it's what about Levert yesterday? Is he good or are the Blazers that the bad? Hell? Defense? I was trying to think of where the Levert come from. J- Michigan. He's, he's a Michigan guy, but not. I've never Michigan. seen him go for forty like he did. Lord. I know. I, that was that's what's been fun about the bubble. Yeah. Uh, T.J. Warren. Yes. Went out of nowhere. Being one of the best players in the league all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my thought, man. And here's the think about this for a second as far as the bubble's a different experience. There are no fans in the stands. Right. Literally playing basically a scrimmage as if there's nobody there. Right. So it makes me ponder and think are some of these guys, oh. because there's no one there. Less game anxiety. Less game anxiety. They're just out there playing. And because they feel like, ah, yeah. Right. There's no one here. I'm out here just doing my thing. Like yeah, yeah. And at what point does that do they come back to reality? I think the, I know that's a great one because like the Tyler Johnsons that were unguardable yesterday. Tyler Seriously. Johnson. Yeah, exactly. There's been a lot of dudes that are open and make it. You could put Gary Trent in that. Gary Trent's similar. Like he was yeah. not having a great year and he's been all bubble. 
Exactly. No, I think the playoff intensity, and it'd be interesting to see what LeBron, Kawhi, the guys that you know have been biding their time a little bit in this. Yeah. Do, do they ratchet it up a little bit? That's, um, I'm anxious to see that because LeBron, I'll be honest, has been terrible. Yo, he hasn't been great. And yeah. He's been just hanging just, out. Yep. He's just been average. And it just doesn't look like his give a shit in comparison to most has been there. And I think the Lakers in general, as you watch them, that's kind of the feeling that I've got from them is, hey, we're in it. We're, we're with number one seed. Right. We're fine. And then they've kind of relaxed to a certain extent. And they know that LeBron and AD are going to show up when they need to show up. Right. How that if if that hurts them, right? Because part of the that those eight games was to try and get a feel for for where you're at. And Wait, you don't like watching Dion Waiters run the Lakers offense? Uh, dude, I don't like anyone else besides LeBron and AD <laughs> on that team. You don't like Caruso, the Bald Eagle? Oh, he's one of the <laughs> ugliest dudes in the league, bar none. I like, love what, the Bald Eagle. I do like the way. I mean, he, he's. I like the way he flies. He doesn't care. He's the bald has the lowest level of expectation uh, from me. So if he gets a board, I tell Lincoln, look at the bald. He's balling. He got yeah. a board. He, You uh, see that hockey assist the bald eagle just had? It's brutal, man. It is, their, their squad is brutal to me. If they can somehow pull this off in the playoffs, yeah. it, it speaks volumes to, to obviously LeBron and, and to AD's ability to carry a team. They have the clunkiest offense of anyone right now. It is terrible. Yeah. Now, defensively, because they're so damn long and they've got guys, that, they've got shot blockers all over the place. Uh, but offensively, they cannot put the ball in the hole. Yeah. Um, so they, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, I think David hit on this in our text group. Is it possible to get stops anymore? You alluded to it a little bit earlier. I. I'm fascinated to see what is happening, what the adjustments are. I, I, like everybody, and maybe they say this in football too, like, oh, he's keeping that for the playoffs. They're staying really vanilla right now. Yeah. Maybe. Like people are scoring 85 and a half. Or, or is, if they yeah. drop it down to 70, is that your adjustment? Like, good. Yeah. Everyone is open at all times, it feels yep. like, you know? And I'm, not that I'm a defensive that, that, guru by any means, but it's... The spacing that, that teams are able to create is unbelievable. And shooting seems like everyone. Oh, he's a bucket from three. It's amazing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> People are just swinging it around and no names from God knows where are hitting corner three balls. Just, yeah, it's nuts. And you see this, the assistants are spaced out now so you can see everybody's individual reaction. Whoever the DCs yeah. are, are just like, What? Well, I don't know what you had the plan for, sir, because that's a three-on-one with shooters in the corners. What do you want Nurkic to do? Seriously. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, so it's going to be an interesting playoff run, man. But bottom line is is we all witnessed um, the greatness that is Dame Lillard. MVP. And bubble MVP. By far. By far. There, there's some guys that made some runs at it, but it, there's no one that put up the numbers that he did when it counted the most. Yep. And I'm anxious to see how he continues. And if he can continue at this pace, it'll be, it'll be phenomenal watch. And those of you out there that, that have chosen not to watch the NBA for whatever stupid reason you may have. You should dial um, in. You're missing, yep. you're missing out on some very entertainment or very good basketball. That's uh, If you're a basketball fan in general, you should be watching. And if you're not a basketball fan, that is what it is. That's a whole but other if, podcast. Exactly. But if, <laughs> if you appreciate basketball at all, and you're not watching these bubble games or, or Dame Lillard's performance, you're missing out on a lot. Especially the purists that always say the NBA doesn't play hard. Watch the bubble, man. Yeah. Watch the exactly. bubble. Content reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.